in three two one what's going on folks welcome to 34 questions i'm your host 34 and tonight i have a very special guest diane biliak is in the building how you doing diane i'm doing great thank you Thank you uh, for joining me. Thank you for being open to sharing your story and just going through this interview. I know it's not easy for everyone, so I definitely appreciate your time and openness. Um, For the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions, some warm-up questions just to set the tone. I threw in a couple icebreakers as well, you know, just just for a little fun. And then after that, we uh, jump into the interview where you choose a number between 1 and 34. Sound good to you, Diane? Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Well, this is our first time meeting. Uh, My very first question for you is, how have you been? It's been, you know, tumultuous times right now, right? Um, You've been doing good. You've been doing great. How you been? Well, it's I've had my mother got cancer um, in September during covid and she already couldn't really do very much. So that's been very hard and chemo. So we're just doing radiation now. And then my sister has Down syndrome. She's in a group home and she was in lockdown for a long time, but now she's gone back to her day program and she seems pretty happy. So that took up a lot of my COVID experience. Um, just kind of dealing with all of that um, alongside everything else. And, but I did have a book come out in March. So that was really great. And, um, uh, you know, so part of what I'm doing now is kind of just promoting the book and taking my mother to doctor's appointments. And, you know, my sister's kind of, I don't really have to do that much with her right now because she's kind of back on track, which is great. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm sorry about the bad news, but I'm happy to hear about the good news. Um, can you, can you tell me more about that book? Uh, what, what was that about? Yeah. So I, um, so it's about my sister and my family and, uh, my, mostly our relationship. Um, so it's like a very long time writing it and a long time living it. Um, because we were very close when we were young and then it was harder as we got older. Um, because she lived in her own spaces and I lived in mine. And uh, and then after my father passed away, I was kind of like, you know, life is short. He was 66. And I thought, you know, I really should kind of rebuild my relationship with her or try to be part of her life more. Mostly because for me and for most siblings with um, a brother or sister with a disability, it will sort of fall to us to be the caretaker eventually. Uh, so yeah. that was part of it. And it, but it's actually, um, really funny in a lot of places. And so it took a, it took a long time to write it. Cause in between I did, uh, monologues from what was, what became the book. So I went in a really weird route compared to a lot of people. For sure. And was that, yeah. was that your first book? I have a book of poetry called against the turning and that was in 2011. So 10 years later this was the next project. Um, and like I said, in between, I did these two plays and they were part of a festival, uh, which I had no experience in, but I had a friend, a couple of friends to really help me shape the project. I was, um, lucky. I got you. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, you know, you do need some help or not help, but at least someone to bounce off ideas and, you know, get a different perspective. I think that's been my, my biggest struggle is, uh, Mm -hmm. finding people to work with. Sometimes it's hard or it's it's hard to ask for help sometimes, you know? Yeah, definitely. 
um yeah well thank you for telling me about your book i there's a bunch of questions just popped in my head but um before we get there uh, i do want to jump into these icebreakers real quick um, okay this first one is a one word spelling bee as a writer i would assume that you feel good about your spelling skills but <laughs> no not at all <laughs> no and don't even ask me about commas because we'll be i'll be totally doomed <laughs> in poetry you know and in poetry we sort of create our own um grammar and uh spelling i'm i stick to the rules typically but with um with grammar not especially commas i don't know what i'm doing oh no i, I know what you mean uh in my, so, my, what's that i just said yeah so good luck with the spelling <laughs> um no i, I understand my, my first dream was to be a rapper so i wrote a lot of poetry okay. as well and uh yeah never really bothered with punctu uh, punctuation and right. you know it's bar by bar uh right. yeah <laughs> well <laughs> um for sure uh if you're ready i'm ready to give you your word okay <laughs> Well, I'm ready to fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you, you know, um, you were talking about, you know, being a playwright and, you know, poetry, your mm -hmm. word is going to be soliloquy. Okay. S-O-L-I. Is there like an O in there, maybe? Q? <laughs> it's a little uh, Q-U something. Y? <laughs> I'm telling you. Horrible. Yo, you you were pretty pretty close. Um, the the correct spelling was S O L I L O Q U Y. Um, mm -hmm. So you got, you got all the letters in there and just not the right order. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like waiting for. I was like, oh, it sounds really good. Um, I, I, I believe you did miss one one of the L's. One of the L's. Yeah. But, um, yeah sorry oh that was great that was a great shot um you, you got the q-u-y which a lot of people tend to struggle with you know how many words are there with a q-u-y you know yeah right exactly <laughs> um all right well moving on to the second icebreaker which is okay. a riddle how are you with riddles horrible horrible <laughs> i even have a line in the book that says i don't like i don't like yeah i can't remember it right now but it's something about <laughs> bad I am at riddles and then when I get the answer I'm just like of course there you go <laughs> so he's I gotcha I gotcha well um hopefully this one doesn't uh you know you know confuse you too much but uh your riddle is going to be <laughs> I am an odd number you take away a letter and I become even what am I what number am I I'll say that one more time I am an odd number Take away a letter and I become even. What number am I? I have no idea. It is. There were a few of them, but. No worries, no worries. Um, this one's an, another like, you know, kind of think out of the box a little bit, but it's the number seven. <laughs> I kind of thought seven, but I don't know why, because what is the number you take away? 
Oh, it's the letter you take away. Take away a letter. letter. Sorry. And I become the S. The S in the beginning. You take away the S and then becomes even. The word even. <laughs> oh. <laughs> some, yeah. part of me, some part of me figured it out. Because it was like, well, then I was like seven. I think it's seven, but yeah. I should have said it. Damn it. No worries, no worries. Uh, thank you for participating. I, I know. Oh, sure. uh, <laughs> I hope it was a little bit fun and, you know, try to work out the nerves a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Well, moving on to the warm up questions. My first. Now, can I say what the name of my book is? Oh, yes, Just absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, Go for it. It's called Nothing Special The Mostly True, uh, Sometimes Funny Tales of Two Sisters. Nothing Special. Mm hmm. I and oh go ahead. It's Wesleyan University Press, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's on Amazon and all those places too. So, gotcha. Um, yeah. How did you settle on that title? I know that's one of the hardest things sometimes. It, it, it originally so part of writing the book was that my sister would go to the Special Olympics, and she came home one year and said, uh, "I'm Dr. Irma King," and her name's Christine. So. And our last name isn't King. Uh, so we were like, what happened? She said, I said, oh, did you earn your medical degree? And she's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, what kind of medicine do you practice? And she's like, all kinds, you know. And so to her, because uh, the Special Olympics are held at colleges in Connecticut. And so every time she went over the last year after year after year, she decided that she'd earned a medical degree and that, that we were supposed to call her Dr. Irma King. So the original title was the unauthorized biography of Dr. Irma King. And then um, I sort of made that the title of the play. So when the whole book was sort of coming together, there's another part where she says nothing special. And I thought that's pretty good because, um, you know, Special Olympics, special needs, that kind of wording. But, but traditionally, um, I think there's more of a movement now for people not to be treated special, but to be treated like everyone else. And um, so that was one part. And then the mostly true, because my sister is a liar and a thief pretty much all the time. <laughs> so that got in there. And uh, sometimes funny because even though I, you know, we talk about my dad's death and his alcoholism and addiction and stuff like that, there's a lot of funny anecdotes. My sister brings a, a lot of you know, she brought a lot of funny parts to the family and and we tend to be funny and sarcastic and um so that's how uh and they're they're tales of two sisters because some of the stories are mine and some of the stories are hers and so yeah actually has packed a lot in there um and i don't mean to say she's a liar and a thief that way she's just you know if you ask her something and she doesn't want to answer she just makes something obviously dr irma king right and um she has a tendency to have what she calls sticky fingers <laughs> certain things that you can't leave around like sea glass pens keychains because they will just disappear interesting interesting yeah and she's really good at it she is you, you don't even know what's happened my mother, <laughs> my mother pats her down like every time she leaves the house just to see what she got away with this time that's hilarious that's hilarious um yeah that's funny i'd have to ask her like you know how she decides on on what to take sometimes you know like what, what sparks that for her um yeah. that's interesting but nothing special right nothing special yeah nothing special and it could be found you said amazon amazon um, barnes and noble um it's uh, wesleyan's distributor is hfs books and if you order through them they have a 30 percent off 
coupon thing that you can use so it's pretty good for sure and over you know and it was this this release this march yes gotcha um any any movie deals lined up for you (laughs) no can you help me with that (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe one day maybe one day day. yeah Yeah. 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 i'll I'll definitely reach out to you no no doubt um (laughs) but for sure uh and then you'll you'll have some time again at the end of the podcast just to just to make sure everyone knows if they um you know weren't weren't uh weren't sure of the title so okay no worries uh yeah, I'm moving on to the warm-up questions. Um, okay. My my very first one for you is, what would you like the audience to know about you? Hmm. That it's it was really hard to write the book. It just took a long time, and it started off kind of angry, filled with self-pity, you know, that kind of thing, and then the more I worked on it, the more I could integrate that stuff and accept it as, and I worked through a lot of things by writing the book. That was part of why it took so long. So, um, I think that, uh, that this wasn't something for me that was set up in my life, you know, to write and to do those things. I would work on it on the side and do stuff, but it wasn't encouraged. I didn't come from a literary family. I didn't, I went to state schools for a long time and took classes with people there, you know, once in a while, but I I didn't have um, really an intention of doing this particular kind of book. And um, so that if, uh, if anybody really, you know, wants to work through their stuff, I, I, thought that was a it was kind of a good way to do it yeah absolutely oh, go ahead. yeah you know because because if, if, if everything's outside and you have to read it to yourself and look at it and you have to really see who you are um in ways that sometimes are not pleasant i i 100 percent agree yeah. um, <laughs> you know, because uh actually recently during covid too um i had this idea of trying to write down every memory i've ever had you know uh in my family there's like this thing with you know alzheimer's and dementia Um, so for me i was like you know maybe i should just write these things down now um which was interesting exercise because you know i did write a lot of stuff that i felt like i've been carrying for a long time mm-hmm. and then after i was able like you said you know seeing it reading it out loud to yourself it, it was like very kind of therapeutic and kind of like mm-hmm. i'm finally letting this go or like it's out of my mind and onto this page i don't know if that was a similar experience for you but yeah definitely yeah because you it's sometimes when you're just talking to other people you're repeating the same stories and here's this chance to edit it and shape it not to um necessarily i mean i don't come off that well in the book and a lot of times i'm sure there's people who read it who think like oh god you know shut up about that or you know i mean like um I mean, I do have certain, I had certain privileges growing up and things, but the day-to-day part of it, when you're just little and you don't have a car and you don't have, you know, we didn't have like cell phones or anything like that. I would just read books and kind of hide from everybody. But so that's, uh, I think that that's, that's a challenge. Like how much of, how much of that stuff do you share? And because what do you I don't know there's a there's a lot of fear about memoirs like oh how much am I showing and I'm really an, I'm not anybody just a person writing a book about my life 
up to this point. So I don't know. Then it's then you're so sick of it, honestly. <laughs> After ten years, it's like I don't care anymore. Whatever, hate me, like me. You know, set the thing on fire for all I care. <laughs> so sick of you know thinking about this stuff so that was good not for sure so you've been yeah. working on this book for 10 years well because the plays were in the middle so wow. i started seriously working on it probably in like 2014 and i met the editor who who published the book and um she was amazing susanna at wesleyan university press and everyone who works there is amazing like the way they've helped support the project and and work on it so i had a little bit of a different experience that way um where it wasn't a given that they were going to accept it but she kind of mentored me and throughout the whole through the process and every few months i just send her more pages or send her different things and uh so that was a real gift from her for sure no doubt yeah um my uh my second question for you in the warm-up is if someone were to pay you a tribute how would you like to be honored so if i was going to tell myself today i'm going to do something in the honor of diane what what sort of act could i do in your honor well i'd want it to be really big for sure for sure (laughs) huge (laughs) okay okay um and uh yeah i guess just the writing you know maybe have people read from some of the writing that i've done and then tell you know funny stories um sometimes i'm surprised my friends from college or whatever will remind me of things i've done in the past i'm like i did did that and i don't drink i didn't even drink or anything these are just things i did um like i changed my name to diane the great for a while, like my sister, you know, Dr. Irma King, like we have this habit and uh, yeah, things like that. Like, and people will tell me that stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Oh, I, I am there with you as well. I've changed my name so many times. Um, my friends get tired of it. They're like, oh, what are you going to go by now? <laughs> but, um, you know, embarrassment is kind of, I like the quote, uh, embarrassment is the price of admission. Um, so, ah, good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> no, I no, like it. Yeah, 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 I like you only young once, but you can be immature forever. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> well, was that, that was your own personal one right there? No, yeah. no, I got it from a movie. The movie was like mahogany, if you can imagine, with Diana Ross and... Um, oh, snap. Yeah, like a long time ago. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Uh, I'm gonna have to check that one out. I'll check that one out. But uh, yeah, now now we know. Now we know what to do in your honor. Um, and then my last question of the warm up is: on a scale from one to ten, how well do you know yourself? I, I guess I'll go with eight. Eight. How how'd you yeah. come to an eight? Well, I think there's a lot I know about like family situations and, um, but I think there's some areas where I was challenged to push myself harder. Um, you know, maybe through religion or spirituality, I still feel like I'd like to explore that more. Um, cause when I had the opportunities, I'd sometimes just kind of back off from it. Mm. Um, so, and I, I think there's always more to learn. Um, so yeah no doubt no doubt what would you say is your favorite thing about your personality (laughs) 
mean, I think I'm funny. <laughs> I mean, I, um, so I guess that. Yeah, that's yeah. a very important skill to make yourself laugh, you know, when, yeah. especially in the times when it's hard to go ahead. Yeah, no, when I do readings, I tend to laugh at my own jokes. So. <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> and then you well, just... I'm reliving it. And it's not, a, it's not that I'm laughing at, at what I said, maybe, but other things that people said. And I love to do readings. They're really fun. It's really great to have uh, people just sitting and just having that sort of sense of community uh, being together in a room, you know, it's just, it's, there's really something great about that. You, you do readings of your books in uh, public places? Yeah, I haven't been able to really, um, since because of COVID, but, uh, I did sort of a reading in March, maybe 2018 or something to kind of, the book was a little bit in crisis. We were trying to figure out how to structure it. It's so hard because it's sort of episodic and, uh, but so they started off as essays and I don't know, it just was hard to put everything together and not be repetitive. And it was a struggle for that. So a couple people had to really help with the shaping of it. Anyway, I did this reading to kind of just see, um, because I was discouraged. I thought, well, maybe this is what I have to do. I have to create a show, like a more of a, like a monologue thing again, and just go in that direction. And so, but it, those kind of things are really funny and fun. And uh, my mother was there. And so, you know, she was laughing and my, it was mostly my friends and family that went to it, but it was just a great uh, experience. It's harder when somebody that I, I come from a small family uh, that we all lived in the same town, a big family of a small and then big. And, um, and so when one of them isn't with me, I guess I, it's harder for me to feel funny, mm. make people laugh. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, what would you say was like maybe the hardest part of, of writing this book? Well, a few years ago, I probably would have said like waiting for it to come out and wondering what people are going to feel about me or think about me. Um, but now I guess, you know, COVID has been a real bummer and people, I mean, 600,000 people have died, so I'm not complaining, but it's just sort of like that, that connection has gone. So that's really kind of hard. Um, but I, I think it'll turn around and I'm happy that the country and the world seems to be getting for less sure. sick, you know, that's, I mean, that's the first concern, but as a sort of selfish concern, that would sort of be one. Yeah. 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 No, I gotcha. And yeah. don't, don't feel too bad about being selfish. I know, you know, like we, we could always be doing more for, for everyone else. Um, yeah. but it's that balance. Sometimes we do have to be selfish and most of the time we are, and that's mm -hmm. not, not against anybody. <laughs> it's just yeah. a natural way of life sometimes. Um, you so you know you've been talking about being an author um have you always been a, a creative like you know growing up was that something that was always a part of you or was it something you kind of discovered later on in life no it was when i, I really wanted to be a singer when i was little and uh so i would often sing a lot and my sister and i would sometimes make up funny songs and um and uh my father um was we didn't really get along or anything, but he was a chef. And uh, so he could do ice sculptures and all these uh, shows and different things he used to participate in, um, like award shows and stuff for cooking. I wanna make sure my phone is off, yeah. Um, and uh, so I think I actually got a lot from him. 
as far as some kind of creativity thing. And, um, but yeah, pretty much, but I wasn't formally, you know, I didn't take piano lessons. I didn't take dance. I didn't take writing classes. I didn't do art classes. I didn't do anything like that. Um, in fact, in singing classes, cause I went to Catholic school, I would get a bad grade because I wasn't, I didn't do well in school school. So they would just sort of say, you know, we're going to give her a bad mark probably cause I was singing too loudly or something, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I would just get like satisfactory. And this girl who I know is totally tone deaf, uh, she would get an, a really good mic like outstanding and singing and i thought it was can i swear yeah yeah absolutely i thought it was total bullshit you know <laughs> such a good student and it was like they were giving her this grade and then when we got to high school or in the musical she never got picked for anything because she sucked you know so yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. my bitter, that's my bitter story from second grade we all <laughs> have one we all have one for second grade. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> what what inspired you to sing? Was it like a certain song or a certain um, you know certain person? I don't know. My cousins that we I mean, I guess it was one of the things we did when we were young. Yeah, we listened to music and um my mom was always great about letting us play whatever we wanted to play on the radio and um, my uncle Gordon had a really great, has a really great voice. Um, so we used to go to church and maybe he would sing or something. I don't, I just really loved it. It just, it just came, flowed out naturally. Yeah, huh? I just really did. And, and when I have done some singing or performing or whatever, I, I get so nervous. Um, my lip shakes, it's just not, it, it's very, I do it every now and then, but I, I get really freaked out about the whole thing. It's, I feel really exposed because oh, yeah. You know, you're and, and, yeah, good singing comes from with a lot of emotion and passion too, right? So it's kind of like you gotta expose yourself in a certain way to to really have that performance. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I've been terrible at like stage fright and whatnot. You know, I, I shake too. It's not just yeah. my it's not just my lip. It's like my whole body just doing this. <laughs> but, uh, it's scary though. Is it, especially yeah. if you're not used to it and you, you don't right. do it enough. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess at that point, like just relating to this podcast in the very beginning, I was probably super nervous with, uh, with people I didn't know coming on, but now like yeah. it's repetition, repetition, it, yeah. it gets a lot easier. That's good. Uh, You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, all right. Well, we made it to the main portion of the interview okay. where you start choosing numbers. Okay. Uh, there are three levels an easy medium hard you can start off easy if you'd like and you know progressively move down uh but yeah go ahead and uh, throw me your first number well 14 is my favorite number so i'll go with that one and would you like to start easy or uh, i don't go, care whatever you want don't care all right well let's get into the hard stuff uh number 14 is how could you be kinder to yourself well, I mean, I think that most females, unfortunately, are um, not most. I, I don't know. I mean, I know quite a few uh, about our bodies, you know, just just say awful things about the way we look. And it starts probably around middle school and it just never really seems to end. And I wish I could 
get over that somehow. And I get so angry with myself because not only am I judging myself so often, but I, I judge other people, you know, for their sort of flaws. And I'll hear myself and I'll be walking or somewhere and I'll think this awful thought. And I'm like, why would you think that? That's it's just really bad. So here I'm being mean to myself again, but, but I, maybe if I could find a way to be kinder about my own flaws or whatever, or, or my own natural state of my body at, at this point in my life, right? That maybe that I could somehow transfer that to other people and, or not even think about it. Why should I even be thinking about it? First of all, not yeah. my job, you know, mm. so that's, that's one big way. That's kind of, um, stereotypical I believe um, and this whole thing with my mother has been really really difficult um, not just because she's sick but because she can be really difficult <laughs> as a person and I uh, I'm just starting now to be better about that like um, accepting some of my uh, the fact that my fears about her dying and her being sick are sometimes why I react the way I do. Maybe a little more angry than, than some people would, uh, frustrated. Um, it's like this defense and this distraction. And um, so I'm actually supposed to be like working on seeing her as a younger person and kind of dealing with that. And so I had her the other day, I printed out a little picture of her as a, as a probably a four-year-old and I had her like put it on her, <laughs> her shirt so I could kind of relate to her in a different way, you know, because yeah. it's, it's scary. They lose their hair and it's, uh, she's been very frail getting all these bruises and it's, uh, so I think my my um, reaction to it, uh, the fear and the sort of anger almost at her being frail. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I I would just like to remind you that it, don't be too hard on yourself. You know, I think everyone's doing the best they can with what they have and where they're at. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I still currently stay with my folks now. And, mm -hmm. uh, I'm an only child, so okay. it's it's like a gift and a curse for some people, depending on how you view it. Um, so I, I feel like maybe one of the the, hard, the hardest things for me is just seeing them progressively get older, um, yeah. see their body break down. Um, yeah. I don't think nowhere is near as what you're going through, but uh, yeah, it's a it it is not a great feeling to you know to see the people that who were so strong in your life kind of you know you become the person in their life to to kind of take care of them you know uh and yeah so that's i i, I just feel you I, I feel you and i know it's not easy um, yeah no, sure. but, but i yeah it'll um you know if you have time to do some readings and to just connect about it i would suggest doing that kind of pre not that you can rehearse for it or get too ready for those changes, but it, it, I think I would have done better if I if I didn't sort of just assume my mother was going to live forever, you know, like if I accepted some of that a little sooner. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, for some reason, I feel like mentally I've been trying to like brace myself for that impact, but mm -hmm. it's not going to be the same, you know? No, no, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, but there are things you can read or um um and there'll be friends who will be experiencing some similar things at the same time so you have that too for sure
for sure. Um, let's move on to the uh, the next number. Hopefully, it's something a little bit lighter, but go for it. All right, I'll do seven because that was the the even odd number. Oh, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one, I mean, these are all hard questions. We are in the hard, and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll switch back up when when it gets too hard. Okay. But uh, this next one is when someone is struggling with self-esteem what's your go-to advice shut up <laughs> okay elaborate elaborate <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> but um oh i just say all these great things you know i say like you know i know you can do this and i believe in you and um um uh you know just I usually, you know, I took a class once, it was called narrative therapy. And one of the things they talked about was, it sounds really kind of cheesy, but these sparkling moments. And if you can get the person to remember or remind them of, if you really know them well, you say, remember the time that you, you know, you started that job and you were really nervous and you got through it and then you loved it, you know, to try to get them to be back in a place where they saw themselves as being successful and they saw that yes it was difficult at first but they overcame it and there's no reason why that should couldn't happen again Mm. that's probably what i would usually say is just to try to get them into that and you're really supposed to feel that experience inside of yourself like okay yes i remember that and yes that's right i got through it and then it wasn't a big deal anymore and have them work and you know get those feelings back inside themselves to approach the new thing that that they might be afraid of or their feeling that they don't they can't handle from the self-esteem issue for sure for sure and uh you know shut up isn't bad advice either uh depending on who you who you're asking maybe you you know your audience and they need that tough love or whatever but uh you know i know for for me shut up would work i'll tell you that Oh, when you're having a bad day, call me and I'll tell you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll need. Maybe that's what okay. I'll need. Uh, <laughs> but um, earlier you had mentioned, um, like, you, you had said stereotypes, and I apologize for not remembering exactly what you had mentioned. But uh, I did want to ask you about, you know, living with your sister uh, with Down mm-hmm. syndrome. What would you say is one of the stereotypes that are false about, you know, being in the family or you know being raised with your sister with down syndrome if there are any okay um early on when we were young people would say things like if i didn't if they didn't know me and they met me for the first time and i'd say that they'd say oh i'm so sorry about my sister because it was a disability or whatever and they didn't really know what it was or understood it. now that there's an inclusion or, or mainstreaming in schools and even television shows and stuff with people um i think that it's actually changed in sort of almost a bad direction where there's literally a magazine for parents who have a child with down syndrome called special miracles and there's been this whole movement toward you know supporting your child by telling them they're amazing and perfect and they you know and and in a lot of ways people with down syndrome have these great personalities it's 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 kind of a stereotype but it's it is sort of true um but they also pick up the traits of their parents nature and nurture so um 
by doing that, my mother and I talked about this a little bit, that then you say when they're like 21 and they're supposed to transition into sort of the real world, well, now you got to be at work on time and nobody cares, you know, that that, you know, that you have Down syndrome and all the, and you have a job coach maybe, or you're part of a, um, a work situation. It's, it's all depends on where you're at uh, developmentally to, to what you're going to do. And so, you know, you're a special miracle until you enter the real world. And then sometimes people don't, you know, they don't care about that stuff. And all the people, you know, in high school have gone on to college and, you know, so I, I, it's, it's not something that I figured out, but I would say that it's something that parents should think about a little bit more and understand that, um, the real goal is for anybody is to figure out what you're able to do and hopefully try to do that. And, uh, so this idea, like you can do anything you want, you know, none of us can, I mean, that's just not true. It's not a truism for anybody in life that we can all do whatever we want, or we can, we're capable of doing anything that we want to do. Um, so why is it, why are people saying that Mm. down syndrome, especially, and especially when, at least in my sister's case, she's quite happy. She's, um, she's easy. She laughs easily. She also complains a lot when she doesn't get her own way and she doesn't like something that we're doing and she um she's super bossy and uh <laughs> she um so and i say that i'm like you you know you're complaining a lot and she'll say i never complain i'll say you're talking too much and she says i never say one word I never say one word she hasn't shut up for like 10 minutes you know so it's all the stuff. Like when you deal with it daily and she's you know it's definitely and the way i learned to get around it after years because it used to drive me nuts i would i'll just keep saying to her if she gets really repetitive um which is actually called auditory processing and it's a thing that some people with down syndrome have where their thoughts don't stay in their head and they express themselves continually through thought broadcasting <laughs> that's another name for it and so we have to hear like everything she's thinking and feeling and uh, but sometimes I'll just repeat it back to her and I'll give you an example of um so uh I'll get her a nice coffee at Dunkin Donuts which is her favorite thing to do and if she doesn't like that it's the ice is melting the milk or something or it's she'll start saying when I get home I'm gonna get some milk I'm gonna get more ice and I'm gonna get dirty you know and it, she'll say it and say it and say it. and then I just start saying it in all these weird voices back to her just to see if she'll catch on that I don't care so I mean there's there's strategies to deal with certain parts of it it's not all it, it can be really fun and she is really sweet and loving and just and she does actually have the capacity if she thought you were sad she would give you a hug she would say like are you are you okay and she would um you know she would communicate with you that way because she has she has that ability but uh in general if you want a person with down syndrome to change or do something differently there's a there's quite a lot of stubbornness there and that's a stereotype or that's a trait that a lot of people don't know about yeah so stubbornness <laughs> yes but off but but definitely you know loving kind uh, huggy uh and for the most part for sure um yeah. uh, I, I i brought this up because i actually heard uh, my, one of my friends told me it's like a friend of a friend right a friend of a friend has a brother that has uh, down syndrome as well mm-hmm. and uh he was telling me about how his friend would just like 
you know have these arguments with his brother not in a way of like you know trying to put him down but i guess their relationship and what the brother has realized about his brother is that um uh, it's better to challenge him so mm-hmm. if if he was like oh tie my shoes for me because i can't tie my shoes and then the brother would be like fuck that you know you know how to tie your shoes (laughs) exactly yeah i I, that's very true they uh there's a little learned helplessness a little manipulation that can happen you know especially around the siblings the parents typically not my mother but can typically give in to all that where the siblings are the ones to push harder especially the closer in age you are Mm. yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you, thank you for sharing that story. Definitely appreciate it. I am going to throw you a curveball right now. Okay. Um, and this is a a curveball means I'm choosing the question for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and this is a fill in the blank. Um, so my mm-hmm. fill in the blank for you is I'm too young to blank. Die. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> um, do you think, what, what do you think happens after, you know, we seem to, to perish from this world? I'm working on it. I haven't quite figured that out yet. Uh, but the one thing I think I've figured out was that uh, whatever it is, I don't, I, I'm using the word think because it's just my opinion. I don't know if our human brains, minds, can fathom something like that and i don't know if the world is waiting like i say there's a thermometer can tell temperature but it can't do a lot of other things i don't think we have a tool yet whether it's within us or outside of us that can really answer that question and really know for sure so i say it's fine to believe in something other than this and it's fine to not believe because either way um, besides near-death experiences, which seem to indicate that there might be something after this. Um, I, I don't really know. Um, gotcha. and, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know you had spoken about, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, still trying to figure it out. And uh, yeah. would you consider yourself religious or spiritual if there's any difference between those two for, for you? I'm, uh, I've so I was grew up Catholic and I do go through this whole thing in the book, by the way. Um, so it's sort of, cause I went to a divinity school at like 36 or 37. And, um, so, but then I took a Chinese poetry class and we, I learned about Taoism and I thought that that really spoke to me in many ways. And I don't know if you've studied any of the different religions or traditions, but um, what was cool about it was it spoke about God being inside or the God experience, whatever you want to call it, being inside the same world that we're in. God's not surrounding us, not above us. He's within this, he or she or the, you know, the entity that the spirit is, is within the same sphere of consciousness that we're in. And um, I thought that was interesting, and um, and then there, I, I read about this guy Chuangza. It's like it's hard for me to sort of they spell it differently. So some's with the T, but I think it's the American way would be C H U A N G Chuang T Z U. Um, 
and sometimes there's a dash, sometimes not. So, um, and that came after Confucianism. So it was a much more lighthearted, it's a philosophy and it's a religion, but it's, um, uh, it talks about the absurdity of life, you know, trying to figure these things out. And that was what I, I took away from, and a lot of humor in it, a lot of little parables that don't make sense. And, um, so he says that, and okay, so it's either a he or it's a group of people. They haven't figured that out either yet. So it's either like the Chuangzi group of scholars. And so, yeah, I, if you can read it, I read Burton, Burton Watson's version in school and uh, I thought it was great. So that was good. But right now, I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of, um, I, I was working on another book about religion, spirituality, and poetry that hasn't been picked up or anything, but I've interviewed over 25 poets and got to talk about a lot of these things. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, thank you for that uh, that piece of knowledge. <laughs> I'm definitely going to look into it. Um, yeah, it's it's not 100% like scholarly, but it's the, what I remember from 15 years ago or something. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, you know, I've been called a self-theorizing theologian. So I remember I was like, what's that mean? And they're like, basically you take pieces of everything and you're creating your own, you know, uh, version of it. Etymology, yeah. 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 Uh, which, you know, I, I think I, I agree with that um, because like you said, there's just certain things and certain uh, beliefs that kind of speak to you. Right. And mm -hmm. it just seems to make sense for, for whatever reason. Um, my shrine in my house, I have... I have a little bit of every religion, you know, mm -hmm. they're, like on, they're on the same team kind of feeling. That's that's how I like to kind of think of it. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you, I just, I'd like to ask this question of everyone. Did you grow up in a particular tradition? A Catholic. Um, you're another Catholic. Yes. You're we're, laughing we're, we're at We're out here. <laughs> what you say? Sorry. No wonder you're laughing at all my dumb jokes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went to Catholic school as well, K through eight. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was. My it, religion class you know we had masses. yeah yeah it's so oppressive <laughs> you get a sense of humor the the um the irreverence in the catholic school education is the best you gotta read my book because it's just talk about all that catholic stuff i'm going to i'm going catholic to i can send you a copy um, let me let me pay for it. Uh, I want to support you know the, the okay. artist as well. Uh, but if you could sign it for me, that'd be great. That would, All right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no K through eight. You know, uh, did the choir. Um, even though I'm not a singer, it felt felt good to feel like I'm singing with a bunch of other people who could sing. And um, yeah. <laughs> what's it called? And I <laughs> one thing I. I didn't understand till I got older is how many people were like, were you ever an altar boy? Did you ever like see anything shady going on? And I'm all like, nah, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't one of those kids, you know, thank God. But, uh, yeah, I know. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is something with uh, Catholicism that kind of makes us kind of a little bit more open or, you know, being able to see other things in different religions. Cause I know between Christianity and Catholicism, one thing they tell me the difference is is that we have a lot of saints and a lot of like different idols that that represent different things. Um, so, in my mind, I think that kind of plays into it. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, plus it's you know, it can be pretty oppressive. So the one way to get through it is humor. Um, 
I think. And we're, we're, I mean, we're cradle Catholics, I think. So then there's the converts and the converts take things so much more seriously than the kids who were really brought up in it. I, I found. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cradle Catholics. I, I never cradle heard of that Catholic. term. Yeah. But, uh, that makes sense. You know, the one of the, like, I think being exposed to the Simpsons and the Simpsons had a lot of religion <laughs> jokes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that that really made me like, really like, I remember uh, there's this one joke where Homer's like, oh, there's this equation to, to how to figure out, like, you know, spirituality and God. And he had mentioned, it was like, you subtract the number of Filipinos in the Bible, and which was like zero or like two or something. And it was like, and I, like for me being Filipino, I was like, what? Okay. Was like, <laughs> there's this like really obscure joke in there. But <laughs> yeah, Homer is just crazy. <laughs> My friends and I quote a Simpsons one. I guess it was that guy, Ned, maybe, who's the neighbor. Yep, yep. He goes to Homer's door and Homer says, this isn't going to be about Jesus, is it? <laughs> or something like that. Is that right? That, yeah, that's one of those. <laughs> I mean, this isn't going to be about Jesus, is it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's like one of those things we could laugh about because we know we know about it. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. I feel like so few religions, maybe the Jewish tradition, you know, the reformed or whatever, uh, can they, you know, it seems like they're there. They have that similar sense of humor and people that I know. I don't really know. You know, I'm not part of that tradition, but that seems to also be pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say. <laughs> the other religions kind of see us as the less serious one you know like (laughs) (laughs) but um for sure um just a heads up we have about 10 minutes left in the podcast yeah um it's been flying by it's been a great conversation on my end and i hope you're having fun as well i am awesome awesome um before we jump into the concluding portion of, of the podcast, I do have this new thing I'm working out with uh, my guests, and it's called the 34th Mantra. Um, okay. I have a, this little mantra phrase that you will fill in the blanks, and um, the phrase is, I am, I can, I will. So I am blank, I can blank, I will blank. How would you fill that out for yourself? So what's the first one? I am Mm. stronger than I think I am. I can get through the next phase of my uh, life. What was the last one? I will. I will be better about asking for help in order to get through the next phase of my life. And if you ever need a reminder, now you have this little sound clip yeah, of yourself. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that, that last one you said about asking for help. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is the hardest thing about that? That's something I struggle with all the time. So yeah. what would you say is the hardest thing about that? I have like some cousins and some great friends that I'm constantly, you know, they're sort of my people. But um even with that, I just think like, oh, they don't, you know, I, I can't believe I would ask them for more stuff here. And this is really just because my mother's going through, she's going through and my sister has been um, going through so much. And 
uh, and myself dealing with them, you know? So I've been throwing myself sort of in. So when people ask me how I am, I started off even tonight talking about them, which isn't, that's a new thing for me. And so I've, yeah, I've had to ask people for more things and, um, it's the struggle, I guess, is just, I'm really independent and I really am nor I normally figure out how to do stuff myself um, because I didn't have a lot of people to depend on in my immediate family. I was sort of the responsible one, the sort of other parent. Mm -hmm. So I think it comes down to that. So when I, when it's something I can't do myself, I probably wouldn't do it. You know, I wouldn't even try. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um... You know, personally for me, for some reason, I have this thought in my head that if I ask for help, I'm taking someone away from their life. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, yeah, right. you take your time and effort and energy because I need this help. And I don't know, for me, it feels weird, but I have to like kind of try to remind myself that maybe that's where that, that's what they want to do. That's They, they mm -hmm. want to be there for me or, you know, they want to give that time and energy. But it is a weird thing. Um, yeah. But I but I hope, you know that you, you continue to find the courage to, to ask for help when you need it. Thank you. I do too. And same for you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. We made it to the concluding portion of uh, 34 questions. I have okay. a couple of uh, closeout questions for you. This first one is from my previous guest. I uh, want to thank Rachel out there for, for your question. Uh, her question for you and this is great because you're an author and you like books um, and Rachel's a big reader. So her question was, uh, what's your what's your favorite book ever um, and why? You know, I used to say Little Women. and then oh, I Wait, so, I'm so sorry. I have to say that's Rachel's favorite book as well. Oh so. my gosh. <laughs> Pretty crazy. That's, but go ahead. Sorry. It is. Yeah. I, and I, I think that, uh, but I was looking at something the other day and I was like, I wonder why I never really say this book is my favorite book. But, um, but Little Women was probably when I was younger, it was, became sort of my favorite book. And then, um, yeah, I was just thinking I need to have a list of my favorite books, but that's definitely was one of them. And, uh, I think I just read it at the right time. I was probably nine years old or 10 years old and it really stayed with me. And, um, yeah, so I can't really think of, there's, there's a few I have, uh, like when I had a friend of mine, when, uh, one of the big birthdays we went through and she said, she said, what do you, she, I said, what do you want for your birthday? And she said, I want you to pick out some books for me that you love. And so one of them was the book thief. One of them was, um, and the world, something about in the world spins something I'm like losing my mind COVID has done this to me um and see the great world spin um and I gave her uh, the history of love which I I really love that book as well and um I think those there was two more there were two more but I can't think of them right now no worries no worries yeah um I do I'm curious to just ask um if you had a favorite passage that that kind of stuck out to you it doesn't have to be from any particular book just a passage that that you you kind of it's ingrained in your mind for, for whatever reason well when we were talking earlier i love this quote from um joseph campbell and we were talking about god and and uh our religion right and he has this great quote i don't know if you've heard of joseph campbell he's like the, the myth guy he's kind of dated right now but he was also a catholic and um he said the god you worship is the god you deserve <laughs> The God you worship is the God you deserve. And I love that quote. Yeah. Yeah. Get it? Do you really like 
I, I like all right well you tell tell me what what makes you think of because it it made me really reflect on myself right now just like yeah. okay what does that mean for me but <laughs> yeah what, what you get out of it for me especially all the things that are happening out in the, in the world how people have been using religion to beat up other people and make judgments about them um and uh so it's like that there has to be some sort of boomerang effect to that right that when you're and i talked about it earlier the judging thing um so when you put that out there that's the god that you're going to imagine that that god's thinking of you that way and so it's this transference of so you just des- you end up deserving that god because you can't open yourself to a better way of looking at things i see um, i see so that's the god you deserve is the one that you you use against other people now if you have a, a loving experience of a god or an entity or spirit or whatever you know the universe some people use the word universe then typically you um that's what you're going to imagine coming at you and that's what you're probably going to put out there so that's what you deserve what you what you put out there that's dope that's dope and yeah. i like how you said the universe because that's exactly where i'm at with my life right now uh, yeah. god, god and the universe are synonymous in, in my opinion um you know if i'm praying to god i'm praying to the universe and, mm-hmm. and vice versa so very interesting very interesting um my second question for you is what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions I would like to ask what is your favorite memory growing up gotcha sorry I'm writing it down (laughs) it's not that profound but it's something that uh yeah, I think that that would be a good starter ender ending question. No worries, no worries. I think um, I think every question could be profound. It all depends mm-hmm. on who's answering, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, and I never know who's gonna come on next because there's always rescheduling and things change. Okay. But uh, yeah, um, thank you for that question. And now the the final question of the podcast. Uh, that ties everything together but uh 500 years from now our our descendants are watching this video what would you tell them oh i would tell them to the same thing a friend of mine told me a long time ago she said um don't worry so much you, you know you can't figure everything out anyway so don't worry about it nobody's been able to figure it out for how many more years before you got here and we still haven't figured out assuming that we don't figure this it out right uh so just relax and don't get a full-time job don't ever get a full-time job just don't spend a lot of money even if it's bitcoin or something I got we haven't you. That's a, I think that's some sound advice for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, if it wasn't for freaking healthcare, then maybe I wouldn't be doing a full time job. I feel like that's the, the reason why I stay with it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I used to do that too, but. Congrats. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you got Well, if you can get to, if you can get to 20 hours a week somewhere, you can usually get healthcare. I'm going to have to look what, into that. What state are you in? Will you tell me? What's that? 
Is it a secret? What state are you in? Oh, I, I'm in California. Okay. In the big C out here, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm basically Californian. I don't know where are you from, if you don't mind me asking. Connecticut. Oh, awesome, awesome. You're, so you're the one who's who, who I see the play on my uh, you know, on my uh, statistics on like where people are playing uh, the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, thank you. I'm I, Connecticut. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give you just quick advice. See if you can find a job at a university, state of California, whatever. Twenty hours a week, they still I think have to give you twelve, uh, give you health insurance. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a lot of folks out there might be appreciating that advice as well. Uh, yeah, I, I currently, you know, I've had like about 14, 15 jobs in 10 years. Um, and I've been trying to get back into working with the youth or like just working with people where I can help. Um, I don't I don't call it mentoring, but, you know, just kind of being there for folks. Uh, so like to live a well-balanced life i want to be there for for younger folks in in um the morning and then at night i can be here for adults um so yeah that's 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 my life goal right now but um yeah look i believe in you what was i supposed to say for the self-esteem stuff <laughs> oh, when was uh, the last time you felt that way and can you get there again yeah, <laughs> yeah that's you are exactly right that's what it, that's what i'm trying to do to be honest Good. Uh, yeah uh thank you diane thank you for, thank for you. coming by you you've definitely dropped some knowledge on me once i rewatch this and re-listen i'm gonna be able to pick out exactly the, the stuff that you were talking about as far as uh the books to check out um and your book as well uh go ahead you got you, you got a couple more minutes go ahead and uh okay, let, let, so let folks know where to find you and how to support you the book is nothing special. I don't know where I have a copy. I think it's over there. Nothing special. Um, the mostly true, sometimes funny tales of two sisters. It's available on Amazon. It's available on, and you know, if anybody wants me to do a book club, come and talk or um, wants to, well, I'm kind of far away to do a reading, but I could do Zoom type readings and I have poems I could do. I can talk about my, um, my, um, interviews with poets that I've done and those can actually my website is www.diane with two n's billyak all one word b-i-l-y-a-k uh, at dot com and everything's on there so I also do editing for people who are trying to write stuff and uh, so I have a lot of hats I'm wearing no. and yeah. yeah yeah keep keep wearing all of them hats and yeah grab, grab and some I can new talk ones. about religion I love to talk about that too yeah uh, yeah that's that's i love talking about religion too even though i don't yeah. consider myself religious but for some reason it it draws me in um yeah, yeah it's great great to talk about that here I, you know i haven't been able to do that which is i find it really fun I, I will i might want to talk to you about your experience you know talking to other folks about it as well because i'm sure you got a lot out of that experience and um yeah i'm just curious but we could definitely do that another time if you're open to it oh uh, sure definitely Awesome. Awesome. Um, thank you again. I'm super gracious. Uh, I want to thank all the folks out there as well for checking out the the podcast. If you're checking out on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're checking it out. Um, thank you guys as well for, for your time and interest. Um, and I got to do the part that I, I still cringe about, but if you <laughs> liked it, like it. If you loved it, go ahead and subscribe and share. And, um, <laughs> Remember to reach out, reach forward, 
as always, much love, and we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. And then it fades out from there. Um, Terrific. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I yeah, definitely appreciate it.